Dedicate our Divrei uh, Torah tonight, Neshama of Yisroel. One second, coming soon. I know, I know, one second. Yisroel Mamesha. Shalom Shalom Aliyah, Mikuta Better, for you and your family, Besech Chal Yisroel. There was a uh, woman in a shul in Yom Kippur, and she hears a rabbi, old, elderly woman, and the rabbi is speaking about love and hatred, and the rabbi announces, is there anybody who can say that they have no enemies? She's an elderly woman. She opens up the uh, Vibish shul. She opens up the women's section. She says, me, it's a packed shul. She's the only one. I don't have any enemies. So the rabbi says, wow, you see, when someone attains sagacity in their life, they have life experience, then they let go of all their discord, all their enemies. She opens up the women's section again. They're all dead. <laughs> the, uh, the focus now, this time of year, building the base of Migdash, preparing for the cause of the base of Migdash, the destruction of the base of Migdash, senseless hatred, is, uh, is a bigger task than others. It seems. This, there's a famous story that Shemachor Aviv shared with me this morning, amazing story. The Choyza Lublin, he was uh, walking the forest, he was davening, and as he's davening the forest, he, saw, he sees somebody who is putting together this hut. He puts a piece of wood together, and he's building a hut. And he noticed that he wasn't smoothing, smoothing each piece of wood. Each piece of wood has protrusions on it, and it's imperfect. And he takes each piece of wood and stacks it upon the other, and he's wondering how is this going to work. It's, it's not, each piece of wood is imperfect. It's not, it's, not, it's not planks, it's not boards, it's just pieces of wood. Are, each of them has protrusions. And then he saw the brilliance of this man. What he had done was, he had made holes in each corresponding piece of wood, and he had put them together. Protrusions, holes, ashidach. And that's how he built So the Chayza said, then I learned what love means. What love means is, not that you try to correct another person's imperfection, not that you say how to fix another person, but you make room for their mistakes. You let the other person in. This gives us insight to the words that I want to discuss tonight that our sages use about hatred. They use a very unusual word. Think about hatred. Why do people hate people? You hate someone because someone disappointed you, because someone wasn't honest with you, because someone hurt your feelings, because someone didn't do what you expect them to do. You, you, hate, you hate someone because you're jealous of them. Always hatred has a reason. And yet, when the Gemara talks about hatred, it always uses the expression of sinas chinam, hatred for no reason. Why is it hatred for no reason? There's always a good reason. You hate, there's a reason. No such thing as, no such thing as hatred for no reason. There are three places in the Torah where it talks about hatred more than any other place. And we'll see even in these three places, first of all, how, how on the one hand you see that there are very strong reasons on the surface for the hatred, on the other hand, we'll discover why the Gemara chooses to define all kinds of hatred as sinas chinam, something senseless. Of course, we know that the Gemara says that because of senseless hatred, the base of English was destroyed, and we, each of us knows in our own lives different things have happened and uh, how damaging hatred is. The Gemara says, Peter Maim Reish is An argument is like 
the release of water. Water is first released, water is first opened, so it's a refreshing, wow, water has come. And initially when there's an argument, it feels geschmack to be on one side. It feels good, I'm on this guy's side, I'm on that guy's side. It, initially it's refreshing, oh, I'm whose side are you on? But eventually the water keeps on going and it floods and floods and it's not, 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 not pleasant anymore. So the three places the Torah talks about hatred more than any other, once is in the Torah, once is in the prophets, and the third is in, the, in our sages, is as follows. The Gemara talks about hatred in regards to the story of Yosef. The, the brothers of Yosef hate Yosef. They hate Yosef for a good reason. Their brothers, his brothers, discover that Yosef is telling their father all the different sins that they've done, and he is persecuting them. More than that, the father favors him more than anybody else. They have very good reason to hate him. Second place we find hatred in the, in the prophets, in the Nevi'im, in the story of Amnin and Tamar. David HaMelech had two wives who gave birth to two children, and one of them was Aishas Fastayar, and therefore technically they weren't considered siblings. Amnin sought to be with Tamar. He pretended to be sick. Tamar came to uh, serve him, and he asked her to be, they were engaged to get married, he wanted to be with her before they got married, and she refused and he raped her. And the Torah says that Afshalim, he, in, in vengeance, he killed Amnon, and the Torah talks about the hatred that Amnon had for Tamar. Why do you have hatred? Of course, he had hatred. The greatest feelings of animosity come when you love someone, and they and they don't respond back. We find husbands and wives get divorced who commit amazing, tragic things to each other that previously they were married, but now the, the reason why there's such a animosity is because there's a rejection. The rejection creates this feeling of unusual and stunning animosity. So there's, there's a reason for the hatred. And the famous story of in the Gemara of Akamsa and Barakamsa, how the, this man makes, makes a feast and his best friend's name is Kamsa, his enemy's name is the son of Kamsa, and at this feast, all the sages of Jerusalem are invited, and instead of his best friend being invited, Bar Kamsa, his enemy is invited, and he tells Bar Kamsa to leave the meal. Bar Kamsa refuses, he says, please don't embarrass me in front of everybody, I'll pay for my meal. He, he, the host says, no, I want you out. And he says, I'll pay for half the entire Suda. I'll pay for the entire expense of this party. No, I want you out. I'll pay for the whole Suda. Don't embarrass me. I'll pay for the entire party. And he doesn't listen. And he kicks him out. And then Barakamsa is upset, not only at the person that threw him out, but at all the sages of Jerusalem were sitting there. Then in protest, his shame. And he went to the king, and he told the king how the Jews are rebelling against him. And because of that, the Beis Hamilisha Temple was destroyed. So this is also a, you wouldn't call it a senseless hatred. He was embarrassed. He was shamed in public. Why is this called sinas chinam, senseless hatred? So the one, I want to discuss two answers. The first answer is based upon a story, in the, another story in Tanakh about David HaMelech. David HaMelech was the one who conquered Jerusalem and prepared for the temple to be built. And his own son, Avshalom, rebelled against him. David HaMelech is forced away from the palace. And as he's, being, uh, as he's being put down by his own son, 
most, you know, imagine seeing your, your star rise and fall, crash all the way to the ground. The, the, the person who has the, uh, the holiest person, the Koyen Godel, the, the best person alive at the time, the greatest tzaddik, Shimi Ben Geira, sees Davin HaMelech, and he says, Davin HaMelech, God's punishing you. It's your fault. You, you deposed Shaul. You took Shaul out of his the monarchy. That's why you're being punished. You are seeing what has hap- what's happened to you as a result of what you did to others. And David HaMelech's men want to kill Shimi. How dare he attack? How dare he insult our king? And David HaMelech responds, do not do anything to him. God told him to curse me. Imagine the, the kind of, kind of uh, tzaddik David HaMelech is that at the time that he's being so persecuted, he says, no, this is not him. Nothing to do with him. Hashem told him to curse me. What David Melch was expressing that whenever someone does something, as it says in Tanya, in chapter 25 in Gershak God has many messengers. No one has any power to do anything. So David Melch realized it wasn't Shimi. Nothing to do with Shimi. If, it's some, if he's supposed to be insulted, if he's supposed to be hurt, it's not happening because of Shimi, it's happening because of Hashem. You said that God has messengers, but we don't have it. Oh, we have free choice, you're asking. Yeah, basically. So in Tanya, he addresses that God has many messengers, and it's a person has a free choice to either be a bad messenger and do the wrong thing, or be a messenger for a mitzvah. You could be the one that Hashem chooses when someone else needs to get kissed, or you could be the one that chooses choose to be the messenger when Hashem wants someone to be the opposite, someone, when someone needs to be hurt. But of course, if you do something that Hashem says not to do, even though the goal is that this person should get punished, the person who commits an act of the attack is also punished. Hashimi ben Geri himself was punished later. So although the person himself cannot possibly kill someone, if Hashem doesn't want him to be killed, he's still punished for pulling the trigger. So that's the first explanation. The first explanation is no such thing as, as, as a real reason to hate anybody, because no one can really hurt you. No one can help you or hurt you. Everything that happens to you is from Hashem's hands. The uh, Torah says the yard site of only one person. Now we're celebrating the yard site of Rabbi David's father. And a yard site is a big day. I mean, the biggest day of, of, of your life is uh, your birthday, your wedding day, and, and then the, the central day in your life is Chas Shalom, someone loses a parent. It becomes a very, very important day, the most important day. And the Torah doesn't tell us about any yard sites. Whose yard site the Torah tells us about? Arnakayim. Aaron Akoy, in the middle of the Masoi, in the middle of the Torah, is recounting all the journeys of the Jewish people. The Torah doesn't say anything that happened in any of the journeys. It only says very, very few words. Aaron Akoyin passes away on the first day of the month of Av. Why is the Torah telling us this? Because the Torah is telling us the antidote for the month of Av. All the calamities that happened in the month of Av because of senseless hatred, we have to, everyone is, there are people that you like because of good reasons and people that you don't. So the Torah says you have to learn from Aaron. What did Aaron do? Gemara says, when Aaron would see someone do an Aveda, a yingle, a little child grows up and he becomes a thief of the city. No one wants to hang out with this kid. Everyone talks to this guy as a thief of the city. And Aaron Akain would see this guy in shul. He'd go over to the 16-year-old boy who's a thief of the city and hug him and kiss him and he, and he would say to him, I love you. I see you're going to be somebody one day. What would the boy do? He'd go out of the, uh, out of the shul and he'd come home that night and the, and the whole city would be dark. And only, uh, and, and he has time to, time to do what he does. But he'd say, I don't want to disappoint Aaron. I don't want to disappoint him. He loves me, he believes in me. So Aaron Akain's smile and love is what, is, what, is what helped this guy. So the Torah is telling us, having to Mitchell Aaron, the way to, the antidote for the month of, of the senseless hatred is senseless love. And it's not really 
Again, it's not really uh, senseless because no one can really hurt you. There's no one has any power over you. But it doesn't really fully, fully address the question. It's not really senseless. Fine, Hashem wanted it to happen. What about that guy who administered it? Let's go back to the story of Yosef for a second. What did Yosef at Tzaddik say? What was Yosef's, what was Yosef's response? Yosef said, not only did my brothers not hurt me, he said they helped me. Since Yosef realized that whatever is happening comes from Hashem's hands, what do we call Hashem? Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. A father doesn't hurt a child. If something happened to Yosef, Yosef knew it must be for his benefit. And he saw how Yosef rose higher than any other Jew in, in history. Tonight, uh, Reb Baruch Cohen is finishing his uh, shiva, uh, actually this, this coming Sunday. He has, he has a, a song on one of his CDs, A Paretz. Uh, there's no, no Jew is usually a Paretz, but Yosef made it. He was a Paretz. He was the ruler of the whole, of the whole Egypt. How did he become a Paretz? He became a Paretz by first being... The, 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 what the brothers did to Yosef actually lifted him up. Yosef realized no one can put you down. What's happening to Yosef when he's put down is really, is really something incredible. But the problem is they didn't know that. They didn't know that. The brothers, fine, did something good for Yosef. Yosef realized God has something else in mind. But what about them? Aren't they evil? How does Yosef look at them differently? The Bain Bechai actually says Yosef never forgave them. Bain Bechai says Yosef didn't forgive them. And he may have t- taken care of them, may have fed them, but he never forgave them. And although he realized that it wasn't their fault, they, but, he, he never, but the Hasidus says deeper. Not only did Yosef realize what happened to him wasn't bad for him, Yosef understood also the perpetrators, the ones who did that to him, he saw in them also good. How do you see good in them? I mean, think about this idea for a second. There's, there's, there was a few, a few years ago in Israel, there was a stabbing. And the man whose stab name was Danny Cohen. Danny Cohen goes, is put into the, is taken to the hospital, and the doctors are, are trying, examining his stomach, and they discover that he had a tumor. And they were able to save his life because of the Arab that stabbed him. Does that mean the Arab deserves the Israel Prize because he, because he, he helped the doctors? Discuss? No, of course not. So maybe Yosef's brothers did something that helped Yosef, but how does that make them better people? So the second idea... The Torah is telling us with the word sinas chinam, senseless hatred, is that when someone does something, some, they're, more often than not, it's, there's something deeper going on. Something deeper going on. It's not only the, uh, that, that they're bad and they're evil and they're cruel. It's always something, it's, everyone has baggage. Everyone has things going on in their life. And, and it's possible that the, what, the, what they're doing with their the animosity is a result of them, of their fear. And it's not, it's not that they're... Uh, I don't want to really uh, give the idea, give the impression that uh, all of the uh, people that, in the story of Danny Cohen, that the Arab deserves the, the Israel Prize, Chas doesn't deserve anything. He deserves. To, <laughs> but on the other hand, there, there's a famous story about this man named Walter Retna, who was the, uh, the um, German um, foreign minister. He worked. He was a very prominent Jew, and he was. Um, he he established a peace treaty between the World War One, World War Two, between Russia and Germany, and all problems in the world are from the Jews, right? So so uh, people were upset at him, and he was driving in his limo one day, and 
two people were waiting for him and they shot him and then they shot themselves. The driver of this, of this uh, uh, limo, he was taken to custody. It was Ernest, Ernest Chekhov. And, his, and they, they, were, they wanted to, of course, to uh, put him away. How dare he attack their, uh, prime minister, their, their foreign minister? But the mother of Walter sent a letter to the judge. And this Chekhov, he said that, that he, 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 did, he was an accomplice of the crime, he, but he realized that this was, that this was, that this was he, on the way there, he realized that it was too late, he's involved in something, and this is bad, and he regrets it. That's what he said. Now, what happened, let's tell you the facts that happened. You could, you could decide, uh, the Rebbe, by the way, was very for capturing Nazis and bringing them to justice and not forgiving 100%. But listen to this story. So this Chekhov, he, uh, his, his, his mother actually got a letter from the mother of Walter. The letter was, read, read as follows. That I want you to know that if your son regrets what he did, I completely forgive him. I know that if your son would have known who my son really was, he would never have done such a thing. The judge was very impressed by this letter, and the judge gave him only 25 years because of, because of her letter. This same person, he worked later on to save 700 Jews. This, this person that, that had killed uh, Walter. So th- th- there are a lot of, that, that's, that's a crazy, I mean, that's an extreme, unique story. But the, the point I'm trying to say is that sometimes when you see someone's acting to attack you, it, it may not be the best in your, be, in your best interest to respond in kind. And instead of using that energy to, to, uh, to show kindness to that person, you might bring out the best in them. There are rights in many letters. And when you see someone, you, you have just reason that someone's out to get you, the way to bring out the best in them is actually by, by being kind to them. They say a story, Mendel Futafas, I don't know if that's actually the true source, but they say a story about this gentleman who was in Siberia. And he saw the following story. What do you see? He saw that there was a bird that was frozen in the ground. And a cow walks by, and the cow relieves itself on the bird. The bird couldn't move before, but now that there is something uh, a little warmer on the bird, the bird is able to, uh, to, to, move, to, 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 to move a little bit. The bird is not fully out, and a uh, cat comes by. And a cat sees this interesting scenario. There's this pile of etc. And there's something moving in there. So then oh, the bird picks his head out and starts singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees it's, 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 he's finally able to move. And then the, the cat comes over and a cat digs and brings the bird out and eats up the bird. So there's three things we learn from the story. First thing we learn from the story is not everybody who goes on you is your enemy. <laughs> If you're sitting in that such such a thing, it's probably not a good idea to sink. Probably go, go, go and do something about it. And number three, not everybody who pulls you out is your friend. Not everybody who makes in you is your enemy. Not everybody who pulls you out is your friend. There... Yosef believed in his brothers. He believed that his brothers weren't bad. What did Yosef do to his brothers before he revealed himself to them? He brought them back to the same kind of event. He made, said Binyamin stole the silver cup. And because of that, he tried to separate him, his brothers from Binyamin. And he realized that they were going to do Teshuvah. They regretted what they've done. And they were going to ask for forgiveness. And, and they did. And they did. And they showed up. Yosef knew that when it happened, when something had happened, that's not who his brothers are. 
There was a, in, in many years ago, I'm not sure the exact year, in the early mid-70s, there was a great argument between Chabad Hasidim and other Hasidists in New York. So it was, it was so terrible that the, other, that the Chabad Hasidim were unable to walk in the neighborhood of the other Hasidim when they went to go uh, speak in the sh- in, 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 on Simchas Torah and other synagogues, they weren't able to walk through the neighborhood because they would, might be, be attacked by those uh, by those other Hasidim. And that when that was going on, there was a lady who was a teacher in a school, Chabad lady, who was a teacher in one of the schools in that, in, of that Hasidim. And as soon as this argument started to flare up, they told her, "You're you're, you're no longer welcome here." She was a, a principal of a school, and they said to her, "Just one day, you're no longer welcome. Go home." So she's very upset. She goes to the Rebbe, look what happened to me. Look what the school, no reason, no explanation. They just fired me for no reason. Just because I'm a Chabad Chassid, they fired me. So the Rebbe said, listen to what the Rebbe said to her. The Rebbe said to her, very often in the school, there are some kids that need more attention. So is someone taking your place? Okay, someone's taking your place. The new person who's taking your place, speak to that person. Because some of the kids, they need more attention. The new, t- the new principal might not notice the certain individual children who need him special attention, and you should go over to that. You should speak to her and and and, and let her know all that you know about the children. There's so that no one gets neglected. You hear the response? <laughs> there's no, there's no self. There's no ego. There's, but there's, there's kids that need help. Let's conclude with one of our tzemach tzedek. Tzemach tzedek says, "What's the meaning of a half tzedek Love your fellow man like yourself. What does it mean? When you do something wrong, right?" And, you, and people get upset at you, did something wrong. What do you say? They don't know what, how kind of hard day I had today. Today I had my car at a flat tire, and today my kids came back with a bad report card, and today there was no dinner. And they, they don't know. You love yourself, and therefore you find all kinds of reasons to justify whatever you may have done. So Nasimach Sedek says, that's the mitzvah of the Just like for yourself, you find all kinds of excuses for your behavior. The mitzvah of the is is to look at the same, the same way as another person. So just briefly, just to summarize what we just said. Number one, if something happens, someone does something wrong to you, the terrorist says, first of all, realize there's no other person that's doing anything to you. No one could possibly hurt you or help, number one. Number two is, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. People in generally are good, the terrorist says. Sinas chinam, someone does something, invest your energy instead in trying to find the good in another person. There's always, it's always there. Another year is always good. That they did something, there's always reasons, always things that, 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 that a person had fear, a person, something happened to them, but always assume there's something good in there, and, and you'll find investing the same energy that you would in, 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 in sustaining the argument, not saying you have to go and, 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 and compromise yourself and hurt yourself and, and hang around with people which are belittling you. What I'm saying is that you don't have to put that on, on, on you, don't have to, you don't have to escalate things, you don't have to find the flames. Instead, by investing that very same energy that you would in, in, in uh, protecting yourself with the hatred, invest that same energy in befriending and in kind. And Kamayim upon upon Terry says, just like in Yoke of the Water, you see a reflection of yourself, so too is it with hearts. Show kindness to another person, love to another person, it, it, it's, it's reflected. <laughs>